You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you with one of our final shows of the 2016 calendar year. Hope you're having a great holiday season and looking forward to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. If you're tuned to this on Saturday as normal, then uh, we're taking right up to Christmas Eve. And thanks so much for clearing some time to listen to us this weekend on Tribe Talk. Well, not much going on in the land of the Indians over the past uh, 24 to 48 hours. Nothing official yet from the tribe front office. But if you read any national publication, writer, baseball columnist, and anyone on the local level, it certainly appears imminent that the Indians have signed Edwin Encarnacion, the power-hitting first baseman designated hitter from the Toronto Blue Jays, to a three-year contract pending the physical. Look for an official announcement to be made following the holiday season just after the first of the year. Again, nothing official yet on the Edwin Encarnacion front, but we will visit with Jordan Bastian, the Indians beat reporter for Indians.com. In addition to our visit with Jordan Bastian, we'll also continue our look back at the 2016 season with another game of the week. This one, the night the Indians clinched the American League Central Division title. So a lot to get to on Tribe Talk this week. You stay with us. We'll get it rolling after this timeout on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you. And as promised, we will get to our Game of the week this week, it is the clincher of the American League Central Division in late September in Detroit. But first, some of the transactions from the week gone by. Officially, the Indians have signed outfielder first baseman Chris Calabello to a minor league contract with a major league invite. They have also traded for relief pitcher Nick Goody, a right-hander who had been in the New York Yankees organization with a little bit of major league time this past season. And uh, they're looking for some depth in the bullpen. He could provide that at some point in time, if not right out of the chute. But the biggest news the Indians made this week was on the unofficial front. And again, the Indians front office has not confirmed and cannot confirm at this time that the Tribe has signed Edwin Encarnacion, the power-hitting first baseman DH from the Toronto Blue Jays, who has been a free agent. But according to just about every national columnist out there, as well as all the local beat writers as well here in uh, the Cleveland and Northeast Ohio area, Edwin Encarnacion will be heading to the Tribe on a three-year contract And uh, that is exciting for a lineup that was looking to replace some right-handed power with the expected move on of Mike Napoli, who had such a fine season a year ago. We had a chance to visit with Jordan Bastian, the Indians beat writer for Indians and MLB.com, and he talked about the impact that the signing could have, if indeed it does go official, and it certainly appears to be the case at some point in time, what impact that has not only on the lineup, but on other areas involving the Indians as well. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge signing, and I think it's a statement signing, much like the trade for Andrew Miller at the trade deadline was kind of a statement by the Indians. You know, they gave up four draft picks, including, you know, uh, Clint Fraser and Justice Sheffield, two very highly touted prospects. Um, And 
you know, I, I just think they made a statement that this is their window. You know, they, they realize what they have on their roster right now. Obviously, getting to the World Series and going to extra innings in Game 7, pushing the Cubs that far and coming up just short. There's obviously that taste in the mouth of, of just wanting to get back there and, and realizing that going into this winter, the main need was power, especially right-handed power, with Mike Napoli going back on the open market. And the most perfect fit out there was Encarnacion. And it wasn't the perfect fit in terms of finances uh, at the beginning of the offseason when you kind of looked at he had turned down a four-year $80 million offer from Toronto, um, and you kind of figured he was going to get north of that. But once the market kind of disintegrated a little bit for a lot of those sluggers that were out there with few landing spots for a lot of guys on the market. You know, it kind of created a situation where Cleveland could wait it out and it became more and more realistic as this offseason progressed. And now, um, basically, the only thing we're waiting for is a press conference. So Edwin Encarnacion will have a home right in the middle of that lineup and provide great right-handed power for the Indians. And from an Indian's perspective, you mentioned some of the other power hitters that are out there. What puts Encarnacion at the top of that list in your mind? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think even at his age, I think he's going to be 34 next month. Um, this is a guy that's posted a 900-plus OPS over the last five years. Um, he's offered not just against lefty production. That was one of the risks last year when they brought in Napoli was his track record really spoke to a guy who killed left-handed pitching but wasn't necessarily as strong against right-handed pitching. When you look at Edwin's numbers, he's got a over 900 OPS against right-handed pitching over the last five years, which I believe ranks behind only Mike Trout and Miguel Cabrera among right-handed batters. So you've got a guy that doesn't just hit lefty pitching. He hits lefties, he hits righties, um, and he slugs. I mean, Mike Napoli is as strong of a year as he had, 34 homers, 101 RBIs. You know, his slugging percentage was uh, well below where Encarnacion's was. You know, so you have steady production, steady production against both sides um, of pitchers, and a guy that, again, will have a, a home right there in the middle of the lineup for a team that ranked 13th in the American League in homers by right-handed batters last year. Unbelievable stuff. Jordan Bastian, thanks so much for coming by on uh, short notice a couple of days before Christmas. Have a great holiday, and we'll talk to you uh, probably at the press conference for Encarnacion after the new year. Yeah, sounds good. Have a great Christmas. That's Jordan Bastian from MLB and Indians.com, the beat reporter for the Tribe. Stay tuned. More to come after this on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you, and during this Holiday time, we will take a big dive into our game of the week with two of the best these next two weeks. First up, September 26th, the Indians in Detroit to take on the Tigers and an opportunity to clinch an American League Central Division championship for the first time since 2007. So they came into Detroit with an opportunity, seven games to go, to close out the Tigers, who came in in second place. The Indians already were 90-65, first place by seven games over a Tiger ball club. The Indians also had Corey Kluber on the mound with an 18-9 and record and uh, seemingly careening toward another Cy Young Award season, and he ended up finishing third in that voting. And he was opposed by Buck Farmer, and, and this really kind of told the story for the Tigers this year, Farmer having to make the start 
in a key game because of some injuries and ineffectiveness to others. So that was your pitching matchup. Before the game, Tom Hamilton checked in with Tribe Manager Terry Francona, talked about the mindset of the ball club going into a ball game where the Indians had a chance to clinch a division title. So the Indians' magic number is one. You can clinch it now here in Detroit at any point this week with a win over Detroit. And uh, even though it seems inevitable, it never feels real, does it, until it's official? Well, I think, again, you, you know, whatever cliche you want to use, they all work. I mean, whether it's putting the cart ahead of the horse, whatever. The best way to make good things possible is to win tonight. I just know, and I'm not that smart, but I'm smart enough to know that if we win, that makes Detroit lose. And if we do that, then you can start figuring out all the other stuff and everybody has fun with it. But when you lose, then you start hoping. And so, like I said, the best thing is just go out and play a good ball game and win. Then we can figure stuff out. Well, and when you got Corey Kluber going on the mound, those are the games you feel like you, you should win. Well, I mean, he's he's one of the best in the game, and he's earned that right. And we certainly love when he's pitching. So there were some pregame thoughts from Terry Francona, the Indians' manager. And the game began, the Indians struck early. Coco Crisp coming through for the Tribe in the top half of the second inning. Farmers payoff pitch. Swung in and belted to deep right. Away, back and gone. Coco Crisp, a no doubt about it, two-run blast to right. And the Indians have the early 2-0 lead. His 13th home run of the season. And quite a welcoming party in that first base dugout for Coco Crisp. He got a fastball middle in, and did he turn on that? That's his second home run with the Indians. Now the Tigers didn't go quietly, as in the bottom half of the inning, J.D. Martinez hit a two-run home run off of Corey Kluber, and again, that tied the ball game at two. Now, Kluber made it through the fourth inning, giving up five hits, those two runs, and striking out three. But he did not come out for the fifth inning. As uh, we would later learn, groin tightness, the Indians wanting to be cautious with him. And it turned out to be Kluber's final start of the regular season. And for a while, there was some concern about his availability for the playoffs. Well, we all know what happened there. He had one of the tremendous post-seasons for a starting pitcher uh, in recent memory. Uh, you could look back, maybe only Madison Bumgarner in recent postseason vintage had a better postseason than Kluber did this year. So uh, some precautions there for the Indians. They pulled Kluber, and again, the game was tied at two at that point, but it didn't stay tied for long. Jason Kipnis, top half of the fifth inning, came up big for the Indians. Here's Farmer's pitch. There goes Santana, and the pitch is lined up the alley. Left center field. It's hit a ton, and it takes a hop off the wall. Headed for third. Being waved around is Santana. He will score on the double by Jason Kipnis. The Tribe is back in front. Three to two. Kipnis later scored on a Mike Napoli sacrifice fly to make it four to two Tribe, heading to the sixth inning. And then Roberto Perez would pad the lead in the seventh. Now the 0-1. Swung on, hit high in the air to deep right field. Back goes Martinez on the track at the wall. It is gone. Roberto Perez with an opposite field home run to right. And the Indians get a mammoth insurance run 
and now lead it 5-3. to three. And just the third home run for Roberto Perez. The Tigers got a run back in the bottom half of the seventh to make it 5-4, to four. but then in the top half of the eighth inning, it was Perez again with a big base hit. Wilson delivering. And Perez swinging line drive, base hit center field. Coco will try to score. Here comes Maven. The throw to the plate, cut off. Into scores, Coco Crisp. And Roberto Perez with a three-hit night. His second RBI. And the Indians tack on a huge insurance run, leading it 6-4 to four on three straight two-out base hits. And the Indians relentless tonight against the Tigers. And they have been all season long. This is how the Indians have a 13-2 and record against Detroit. And then still in the top half of the eighth inning, Carlos Santana came through to give the Indians a three-run lead. The 0-1 pitch to Santana. A swing and a fly ball, pretty well hit to right near the line. Martinez on the run, reaches out, he didn't catch it. Went off his glove, it's a fair ball. Bounces into the seats for a double. That'll score Davis. Perez will go back to third. And the Indians have a 7-4 lead. J.D. Martinez on the run. Going toward the line. Reached out, but didn't catch it. It glanced off his glove and bounced into the seats for a ground rule RBI double. And the Tigers may challenge whether or not that's a fair ball. The headsets are coming off. Here is the call. It is a fair ball, RBI double. And the call stands, and the Indians have tacked on a second two-out run and now lead it 7-4. to four. They're ruling that an error on J.D. Martinez, not an RBI double. Wow. Well, so be it. The Indians don't care. You want to call it an error? Call it an error. It's a run. Now, once again, Kluber had left the game after four innings, but in what would become a theme throughout the postseason, the Indians' bullpen came up big. As they battled the Tigers the rest of the way, Dan Otero gave the Indians an inning and a third, Brian Shaw one inning, Andrew Miller an inning and two-thirds, and then it was Cody Allen on to finish things out in the ninth inning. Cody Allen's ready. End of the wind, the one-two pitch. A swing and a miss. Ball game. And once again, Cleveland, you will have an October to remember. The Indians, for the eighth time, American League Central Division champs, their first division title in nine years, and the mobbing goes on out at short. So the Indians had won their first division title since 2007. And we'll take a break right there and then come back with some of the post-game coverage from the Indians clubhouse. That's after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you as we join you this holiday weekend, taking a look back at one of the great games of the 2016 season, the Central Division clinching game in Detroit 
on September the 26th. The Indians won it by a final score of 7-4. to four. You just heard some of the highlights in the prior segment. And after the game, always fun to get some of the reaction from players and manager Terry Francona and others down in the Indians clubhouse. So in Detroit, we went downstairs to capture some of the emotions following the Indians' division-clinching win. We're back here in Detroit. The Indians have won the American League Central Division Championship, beating Detroit tonight 7-4. to Let's go downstairs to the celebration in the Tribe Clubhouse. Here's Jim Rosenhouse. Well, thank you, Tom. And as expected, players uh, just making their way in here now. And uh, the corks haven't quite started popping yet, but they're getting close. Everyone getting their goggles on to be ready, and they have their Made for October championship T-shirts on celebrating the American League Central Division champions. And we will get some players and uh, hopefully manager Terry Francona as uh, as soon as they're ready to go. But right now they're inside starting to get things going. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, I think a lot of emotion coming out on the field. And uh, here's Indians manager Terry Francona. Tito, I know you, they always talk about this being the journey. And uh, this was a particularly long and winding road, wasn't it? Yeah, but we made it. And... It, it, I mean, I don't know where to start. I know you're supposed to, but we're going to let them enjoy it because they deserve to enjoy Everybody deserves to enjoy this because it's not easy. The feeling in that dugout as the ninth inning's playing out, what is that like from your perspective? It's so hard to explain. Um, it's almost agony, you know. I mean, I don't know how the players felt, but I was nervous as, you know, and then you get the anticipation, but... It's just a lot of thoughts, you know, a culmination, because you know how much hard work everybody has put into this. I saw a hug with your longtime bench coach, Brad Mills. You guys have been through this before, but it's, it's always the same, isn't it, when well, you get to and, this point? And to have him standing next to me during that is, makes it more special, because we have been through it all since college. And to be able to share that with him probably is as me- more meaningful than probably anything. And I know you didn't want to, to really think about it too much before tonight's game. Obviously, you know it's coming. How important is it now for these guys to enjoy the heck out of this? They're, they're, they they earned that right. They need to let it fly, and they deserve it. I might be in there right with them. Everybody deserves it tonight. Go get them, Tito. Thank you. That's Terry Francona. A great scene similar to what they had in 2013, the last time they made the playoffs when the celebration was in Minneapolis. This one in Detroit, where it has not been easy the past several years. But this year, big reason why they're doing this now is their success against the Detroit Tigers. Amazing to go 14-2 and against a team as good as Detroit. A team with an unlimited budget. I mean, a payroll of over $200 million and, and a team that really dominated the Indians for three years and in a lot of ways intimidated the Indians. And as Mike Napoli said, the first time they played the Tigers, he got told, yeah, this club has really had its way with us almost to the point where sometimes you wonder if we can beat them. And Napoli's quote was, they haven't done anything to me. I don't care what they've done the last three years. And that attitude from Mike Napoli kind of rubbed off on everybody. Who cares what's happened in the past? Tom, we have Chris Antonetti with us, Indians president of baseball operations. Chris, you haven't gone in yet, but hey, I know for you, uh, Terry talked about the fulfillment for you. Uh, how 
how satisfying is this when you see this? It's incredibly fulfilling to see what these guys have overcome throughout the course of the year to get to this point. It's awesome to see in a really collective organizational success. These guys and Tito and the coaching staff deserve a ton of credit. So uh, it's just really fun to watch. Get on in there. Well, there was no choice. Jan Gomes just picked up Chris Antonetti and brought him into the mess. And there goes another one. Gone. So it, let's see who else. It's Sandy Alomar. Hey, you've been here for a bunch of these, uh, both as a player and now as a coach. And uh, Sandy, this never gets old, does it? Never gets old. you got to take... This is like a, a special opportunity, and uh, it's, it's, it's a surreal moment for us because, you know, in 2013 we made you know a great run, and then we we, we were in the wild card, but now we are we are the division champion. That's more important. And one of your guys was huge tonight, Roberto Perez. Uh, I know you've worked awfully hard with. Came up with a huge game. Well, Roberto Perez, you know, he he came in. We had to rush him a little bit because uh, the injury of Jan Gomes. But uh, as, the, as the season went along, he got he got much better. He got more. I can hardly talk because my eyes are burning. But you got goggles on. Come on. I do, but he still goes underneath. But I think he did a remarkable job after he kind of settled down a little bit with defensively and offensively. Sandy, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And we'll keep it rolling here. Rajay Davis is with us. Rajay, uh, last couple of years with the Detroit Tigers. Now you're celebrating a championship in this ballpark. Uh, the thoughts for you on, on what's going on here tonight. Well, definitely, uh, we're, we're, we we worked so hard. Uh, you know, started in spring training. We we knew we had we knew we had the talent. We knew had we had uh, all the uh, the tools, the, the the ability to get 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 a job done. And uh, when you look at today, you know, this is just the beginning. You know, with the, it's nice that we can go out there. And we can put on our made for October T-shirts and um, you know get ready for playoffs. And for you personally a huge year in terms of stolen bases you're going to win a crown but i know when you're looking at teams you're not thinking about that you're thinking about what it can mean team-wise and what was it about the indians that set them apart this offseason well i mean indians had everything um already lined up you know just had they just had a young a lot of young talent that just maybe needed a little um you know direction a little bit um and I think it, it, uh, you know, with uh, the coaching staff, with uh, Tito, just his, uh, you know, his brilliance, and um, you know what Mike Napoli has been able to bring as far as experience, and even what Coco has been, been able to bring with his experience in the playoff, I think it's going to um, pay huge dividends for us. And they talk about using an entire 40-man roster. It seems like this club did that. Oh, we did definitely that. I mean, that's a that's tribute to uh, Tito. I mean, he said that in, the, in, in spring training that. You know, we last year, uh, the year before, they, they had to use a lot of guys, and and this year, they're you know, they're if they needed to, they would they would use whatever they needed to, um, and uh, he, he's shown he 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 uh, he did that. You were a big part of that. Enjoy the night. Oh yes, we're gonna celebrate now. Rashe Davis, Indians outfielder, having a whale of a year, and it's not done yet. Tom, we're gonna venture on inside here, and I'll try and. Grab some others. Good but, luck. Uh, just yeah, I, as you could tell from Sandy Alomar, he has the goggles on and the stuff still gets under. But uh, it's quite a scene down here, as you can imagine. A lot of folks down here and enjoying it. And actually, uh, you know what? I'll keep it right here because we have Indians owner Paul Dolan with us. Paul, you're it supposed to wear like, goggles, not it glasses. Sounds like Jim Rosenhaus. <laughs> I'm not sure I can see anything like that. Uh, uh, I know you said you were going to try and stay in the periphery this year. I, I, I was until Tito grabbed me and dragged me in. Uh, uh, so I, I guess I'm a little soaked right now. But it's uh, very, very sweet. So it's, uh, 
It's been a very, very exciting run, and we're pretty thrilled with where we are right now. And anytime you're in this position, obviously it's a special club, but this one, I know that they've been through a lot. You have to be awfully proud of what you've seen out no there. No question. Yeah, all year long, the resilience of this team was phenomenal, uh, you know, up and down the lineup. And, we, you know, t- t- tonight's game was just a typical example of that, you know, Kluber goes down and everybody steps up, uh, uh, the team steps up. It was just phenomenal. There's no Jason Giambis in here to pick you up and, and whirl you around, are there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to try to keep my feet on the ground this time at least. Hopefully we'll be able to do this more. Exactly. This is the first round. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. That's Paul Dolan, Indians owner. And uh, the fun continues here. We'll try and grab some players as we go. But, uh, Tom, I know you've been down here for these in the past. And as much as anything else, it just, I don't know if it, relief would not be the right word, but I think there's some of that over the course of the long haul when you finally do wrap it up. Yeah, no question. I mean, uh it's such a, it is such a monumental journey, and considering everything that this club has gone through, and I think the easy thing is for people from the outside to say, "Oh, you have a seven-game lead; this thing is over." And we've seen too many goofy things happen in baseball, including the Indians, eleven years ago. And uh, I think the great thing about this ball club is you never saw them panic this year when things went wrong, which is why they never lost more than three in a row. And yet they never got full of themselves, even when they had the 14-game win streak. Yeah, big key was the bullpen. We have Brian Shaw, who was out there tonight. How about this? We had you on the pregame show and now on the postgame show. Brian, a nice work out there tonight. And uh, you came in maybe a little bit earlier than normal, but is there really a normal anymore with the tri-bullpen? No, not at all. You know, uh, we're, we're ready down there whenever we're called upon, you know, uh, whether it's the first or the ninth. So, you know, we're ready to go. And, uh, you know, obviously we're just happy we got the W today, you know, get a clinch, a little... Uh, a little kind of so uh, a little monkey off the back going into the last couple of games and you were ready to go. All right, that's all well and good. Let's talk strategy about what you're supposed to do in here right now. You have a bottle uh, with you to spray and another one at the ready. Is that the key? Just always be uh, prepared. Absolutely. You know, uh, we're going to run out eventually, so you got to stockpile as many as you can. So uh, you're the last one to have them, and then uh, you know when that happens, you know you're ready to go. <laughs> Comes from experience, Tom. This guy's been through it a couple of times, once with Arizona, now twice with the Tribe. He knows what he's doing. Well, and again, I I hear people say, well, why do they celebrate and wait until you win a World Series? I mean, there's only one team then that gets to do this. If you can't enjoy these moments, they're they're too difficult to come by. And I think maybe we got spoiled in the 90s thinking it would happen every year. It's been nine years, Rosie. You, you, You better enjoy the moment. Well, they certainly are doing that. There's no question about that. And uh, they look like a bunch of drowned rats. And uh, here's Coco Crisp. And, and, Tom, I know we talked so much about the acquisitions over the, the course of the season. One of the very last to get here made a big contribution tonight, Coco Crisp, with the home run early. And, uh, Coco, obviously you come over here, you want to do something to contribute. You couldn't have come up bigger than you did tonight. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's just uh it's fun to be in an environment, a winning environment, and be here with these guys that's been doing it all year. Um, I'm very fortunate to uh, to have been traded over here into a, a wonderful situation, and um, uh, I'm having a ball, uh, enjoying tonight, celebrating with these guys. Does it mean more being traded here because of your past history coming up for the first time to the major leagues with the Indians many years ago? For sure. I have a great history here in the past and came up with a great group of guys then, and we didn't have the opportunity while I was here to, to do something this special. We came close once, and to be back here with the organization that I did uh, break into the league with and to have this happen is, um, is, is a storybook. 
That's baseball, isn't it? You just can never can tell. <laughs> never can tell. That's true. All right, Coco, enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah, Coco Crisp, uh, Andrew Miller, so many of those who were joining this team after the season had begun, and, and uh, we're going to get to it with Chris Antonetti before he was swept away and, and into the fray. But really, Tommy, you know, you talk about using a 40-man roster. For the Indians, it was more than that because of the acquisitions that they made over the course of the season. Yeah, no question. And, and it'll be interesting to see the postseason roster now because – They'll firmly talk about it now. They have been in the planning stages. They've been discussing it, but everyone was reluctant to go too deep into it until it was official. It's almost you don't want to jinx it, even though there's no such thing. But, you know, they'll be openly discussing it now, and uh, I think a lot will have to go into the situation with Corey Kluber as well. Well, we'll hope uh, to get an update on that maybe before we leave the air. But uh, first, the fun stuff down here. Roberto Perez has joined us. And, uh, Roberto, a huge night for you. Uh, you've had this the full-time catching job for a while now and, and have done wonderfully behind the plate. And you've come on at the plate and a huge night tonight. Uh, what does it mean to you to be able to contribute at the plate as well as behind the plate on a night like tonight? It means a lot, man. I, these guys are awesome, man. Uh, they, they made me feel when I came up from surgery that made me feel they made me feel like I, I was home um, and you know I, I'm just so happy to contribute to this team and I'm just I'm just really excited right now. Well you should enjoy it because you're a huge part of the win tonight. Thanks so much for coming by Roberto. Have fun. And uh, now we're going to try and grab Mike Napoli if we can. Mike, you've been down this road a bunch of times. I believe this is your eighth uh, postseason now that you'll be heading to and uh, when you look at you had a decision to make in the offseason to come here and, and you said that you liked a lot of the things the Indians were doing what was it that, that drew you here and, and now has happened over the course of the season uh, I mean uh, I think the opportunity to be able to play you know every day looking at the you know, the roster with our, our pitching staff um, you know some key guys in, in the lineup you know just coming here and, and uh, you know I envisioned us being able to you know play good ball every day and uh you know accomplish this you know i envision this and you know you still got to go out there and play but we came together as a team you know spring training you know <laughs> where's your goggles you need goggles no goggles all right you got to feel the burn that's what it's all about okay. you know so, right. Fair enough. Um, no but you know it, it took time for us to come together you know get to know each other and mesh you know as, as a team is one and uh you know, in this clubhouse, there's, there's not just one individual. It's all of us doing it together, and uh, that's what the, the fun part is. A lot of people have given you credit for what you've meant to them off the field. As a veteran coming to a new situation, that doesn't seem to be the easiest thing in the world to, to establish yourself as. How difficult is it? Uh, I mean, it's, I'm just being myself. You know, I, uh, I've been on a lot of teams, and, and uh, I know when, when people come together and, and care about each other and, and uh, lean on each other, um, that's what it takes because you can't have a bunch of individuals trying to do, you know, their own thing. But uh, we came together as a team, and, and you know, I try to do that, bring everyone together, and, and try to let them know that if, if we stick together, we'll be able to do things like this. And uh, you know, we were able to do it. Career highs and home runs and RBIs—a career year for you. But does it have to include this to, to really have that good meaning for you? Absolutely. You know, I mean. I tell everyone in this clubhouse, it's not it's not about my numbers or anything. It's about winning. Um, you know, it's not about me going out there trying to, you know, put up big numbers. It's just having everyone come together and do it together. You know, I can't have a year that I have without my teammates. You know, it's uh, 
you know, for them guys getting on base, you know, picking me up when, when I don't get the job done, it's just uh, it's something special, and, and, and you know, I wouldn't be able to do it without them. This wouldn't be the ultimate party at Napoli's because there's still potentially more to go, but pretty good one here tonight? Yeah, I mean, this is the first step, and, you know, we got to enjoy this. You know, there's a lot of guys in here that's never done this before, and, uh, you know, once you get a little taste of this, you know, it's, it never gets old, and, and I've been part of a lot of it, and, uh, you know, I still have that same feeling uh, as I did from, from the first time. So, um, you know, this is a good taste uh, for everybody so we can, you know, look at, at the next step, but, uh, you know, we got to... Still, still stick together and, and uh, you know try to accomplish more. All right, Mike, go back in there, feel the burn. All right, baby. <laughs> That's Mike Napoli and Tom. I know hey, you've seen him down through the years. What a player of his veteran status can mean to a ball club. My goodness, I don't know if there's been anyone better who's come in on short notice and, and on a one-year deal who's made as big an impact. No, you better give a maybe a partial share to Dustin Pedroia, even though he's going to get one in Boston. He's the one who kept calling Terry Francona. All winter long saying, you must sign Mike Napoli. They were good friends and teammates in Boston. And Tito says there's no player that he respects more, thinks more of than Dustin Pedroia, who did a great sales job. And uh, the Indians did their homework. And Mike Napoli had that sleep apnea, the surgery to recorrect the jaw. And it's resulted in him being able to sleep at nights. And now the best season of his career and, and a guy that you want come crunch time i think he saw you saw that tonight he got that big sacrifice fly in the fifth inning to make it a four to two ball game seems little but uh, big at the time and uh, now we're joined by cody allen indians closer cody I, I imagine when you're in your position as a closer in the big leagues being out there for the ninth inning any game is big but a game like this has to be huge what was it like out there for you? it was an unbelievable feeling you know the score could have been you know, we could have been up 10 runs. You know, it's an exciting time to be out there knowing that you're on the verge of something special. And uh, to do it with these guys, you know, the, these, you know, this group that we have here is an unbelievable group. You know, a lot of the, a lot of us, we've been together for a few years now. And uh, it's just it's a special feeling that you can't describe. And for you as part of this bullpen that's been become so dominant and such a big part of this team, and everyone, each one of you had a chance to be out there tonight. Pretty special. It was very special. You know, I mean, there's been a few guys that haven't given, you know, as much credit as they deserve, like Brian Shaw and Dan Otero. Uh, you know, Dan has had an unbelievable year, and he hasn't gotten the credit he deserves. But, you know, those guys went out there and set the table, and our offense was able to score some runs late. And, you know, we just we, we won a good baseball game. And sometimes this time of year, relievers are gassed, but it doesn't seem like this pen is. It seems like you guys have, have had the proper rest and are ready for more. You know what? Uh, you know, there's these guys here, they work extremely hard to be, you know, at their best every single day, whether that's in April, May, or September, October. So, you know, we're going to do everything we can to, to be ready every single night and have our best stuff and, you know, just go compete. All right, Cody, thanks. No problem, Rosa, thanks. That's Indians closer Cody Allen picked up the final outs in this one, the last three that can sometimes be so difficult to get, but he made it non-suspenseful. And also the next day when things calm down a little bit, Hammy talked to Terry Francona before the next day's game about how proud he was of what this Indians team had accomplished. Congratulations, Tito, and by the look on your face last night, that meant as much as any of these that you've had throughout your career. It did. It, it did. It's so, it's so special. And, I mean, on so many levels, you know, from watching the players on the field to, you know, sharing a lot of emotions and hugs with the coaches to then coming in the clubhouse and seeing Chris and Derek and Journey and the guys all 
you know, acting like teenagers. You know, it was it, it's so it's the culmination of so much hard work. And then when everybody lets it go, man, it really comes out, and it's very meaningful. Was there a point at all during this season where you went, you know what, there's something special going on here? You know, Hammy, I, I, I don't know if you ever know that you're going to win. I think I did feel like our guys would continue to play. And you just never know quite what adversity is going to get thrown at you, as we found out lately. But I did feel like this group had a chance to survive or you know some of the things that were thrown at them as they have and that's a good feeling because you know like I said you don't know what's going to come at you sometimes it's too much but they have found ways to meet the challenges and that that makes you feel good so there it is an historic night for the Indians as they reach the postseason for the first time since 2013 and won a division title for the first time since 2007. Stay with us. We have more to come as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment now as we wrap things up and let you know that Well, with uh, some of the announcements this week, both officially and uh, more notably unofficially in terms of player acquisitions, a lot of demand for Indians tickets, and the folks in the Indians ticket office have informed us that Tribe Holiday Six Packs have sold out. Those six packs during the holiday season, they are sold out. But if you would like to purchase Indian season tickets, you can call 216-420-420. 4487 or go to indians.com slash season tickets or you can email fanservices at indians.com thanks so much for joining us this week we'll be back again next week with our final show of 2016 until then this is jim rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to drive talk on the cleveland indians radio network